All right, we're live, so we should be playing the intro video now. Intro video. Intro video. their energy via social media without having to even be near them that is racist you're correct <laughs> it is oh yeah 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 oh the hate it's surprisingly simple to get total strangers completely furious with you they should get a life one of the best ways Wow, Clint Russell really looks really different without that beanie. Welcome back, <laughs> beautiful and amazing human beings. My name is Lukardowski here of wearechange.org. As you can see, we're having a little bit of technical difficulties here with our live show. We don't usually do a show from online. We usually do it in studio, but we still have a lot of important news to get into today. As of course, it looks like there's a full frontal assault on Elon Musk and Tesla to the point where his mom's coming out and saying, hey, stop bullying my son. As of course, there's a lot of also very interesting health news that we are going to be talking about with some very interesting guests. As of course, we have a nearly packed house ready for a two-hour conversation that's going to be happening here on thebestpoliticalshow.com that, of course, you guys get to participate with in many different ways. One of the ways is by becoming a member of lukeunfiltered.com. Another way is by going to mysuperchat.com or just super chatting and rumble ram ranting, and we, will, of course, will be reading off all the different comments and questions that you guys have for us. And this is going to be a very interesting show since we have some really cool people with us. One of them is from the alleged Meat Mafia and, and a very interesting company that is doing some really cool things. Noble, that of course is Harry, who of course is joining us here today. Harry, for the people who don't know you, who are you and how would you introduce yourself? What's happening, guys? Uh, pleasure to be here. So I'm one of the founders of the Meat Mafia podcast. Uh, we started off writing a bunch of Twitter threads, kind of uncovering the history of food, what's happened in the food system, and really kind of exposed all, all the different stories that have led us to the point of where we are today in terms of the health crisis that's happening in the U.S. So we love the topics of just sharing insights into what's happened and how people can improve their health. And we've uh, launched a business after that called Noble Origins, which is a supplement company focused on getting people eating the right things, highly nutrient dense foods. So, you know, doing a little bit of everything these days, but really centered around the media business, which is the podcast. 
Yeah, you guys sent me some of your your products. I think you guys are running a special now with promo code Luke Rudd, L-U-K-E-R-U-D, for $15 store credit on NobleOrigins.com. We're going to put that in the comment section so people could go check out check it out. You guys sent me some of your products, and I'll be honest, it's pretty legit. I really like the products, especially the beef liver products. So more importantly, also, thank you for coming in last minute since we had a cancellation. Clint booked Dave Smith, and Clint, let, let me let me know if this is correct I'm, I'm hearing that his wife told him that he can't be on the show so he just had to cancel last minute is, is that the case is that is that what happened here no that that's what happened with his presidential run but uh no tonight he is actually sick he says he's coughing up a lung i am clint russell host of liberty lockdown i hope my levels are good uh i am very happy to be doing the show despite the fact that we missed out on dave but uh, we he's already confirmed we will be rescheduling with him sh soon um, let me know if this is, does this come up for you guys? Are you able to see it? No, we do not see anything but you, Clint. Uh -oh. Uh, as uh, I think it's important to, to remind everyone that uh, uh, we're, again, not in studio, having a lot of technical difficulties. Someone who was supposed to be running the show isn't, isn't running the show. I won't point who did that. Um, put, put the other guy on screen, Josh. Josh, put him on screen. Put, put him on screen, Josh. Wait, wait, that, not, not, this, not this guy. The next guy over. Someone was <laughs> supposed to be doing that. And uh, they decided to, uh, you know, take the lazy communist California route and outsource this uh, very important labor. So apologies for the technical difficulties, but we're going to we're going to get through this show as I, I think the conversation is going to be very important. It's going to be in the wheelhouse of, of health, of wealth, something that I think is critically important to pay attention to right now, as, of course, there is, in my opinion, a larger biological warfare against human beings out there. And that's why it, it, it's so important for human beings to have these very serious conversations. There's a lot of nuance to this conversation. There's a lot of things that we could uh, nitpick that we could get into. We're going to get into that plus more, more on the rumble side when, of course, this speech, this podcast transitions over to the free speech platform where we are going to be able to get into some of the more in the weeds, down the rabbit hole pieces of information that I think are critically important for people to understand. But now that we're still on YouTube, let's talk about some of the latest news that's happening right now, as of course, Elon Musk's own mother came out and tweeted, quote, I am the mother of Elon Musk. His goal is to make this world a better place. The president of the United States wants to stop him. Have you any kind of furious? Do you know how furious I am? People in other countries are proud of Elon and do not understand the U.S. president's motive. Please tell me how I should answer them. This as the president of the United States at the White House just moments ago stated, that Elon Musk is, quote, worth being looked at as already. He is facing multiple lawsuits, multiple federal agencies and organizations going after him for such absurd cases like not hiring refugees when it comes to secret satellite spies. Freaking technology that he's developing. Yes, he's actually being sued for, for not hiring refugees and foreign nationals into that specific industry that's illegal to hire. As, of course, the corporate media is also running a full onslaught attack on him, specifically Tesla today, as NBC News is reporting that his vehicles are big, therefore they're dangerous. I responded to all of this saying, wait until NBC News finds out about trains and planes. As of course, the Daily Beast has another article talking about how Tesla's 
are now going to be recalled, even though it's, it's, it's just a software update. Most cars now have software updates. But for the Daily Beast, this means that this is something bad and horrible for Tesla. And in reality, again, a lot, a lot of the news headlines here are, are salacious than sensationalistic. They're absolutely ridiculous. And I, I, I think it's fair to say, I don't know what you guys think, but uh, I think Elon Musk ruffled some feathers there. What do you guys think? Oh, absolutely. Uh, let me play the last 30 seconds of this Jim Jordan interview. And you're saying that SpaceX did not hire. Is that, is that appropriate? Did not hire enough refugees or uh, people who've been granted asylum? Uh, is that what you're asserting in the lawsuit? Uh, they, and that they discourage those people from applying for any job, whether it's for a, a custodial uh, position, uh, mm -hmm. office clerk, uh, someone who works in a kitchen facility, all the way up through engineering. So you're suing. You're, I just want to cut to the chase. You're suing SpaceX because they hired too many Americans. <laughs> I think that that does cut to the chase indeed. Uh, look, I think the reality is is that this is all about narrative control. You know, they they are absolutely scrambling and they have been uh, applying significant pressure to elon musk ever since his acquisition of twitter now x uh they just withdrew a 800 million dollar uh, contract from uh what's uh, spacex so uh, i think that the pressure is is only going to increase in the fact that he brought back aj which we're not even allowed to say the name he brought him back over the weekend, I, and after he said "f off," uh, I think he has he has decided he's no longer going to play nice. I, for one, am appreciative of it, but I'm also very concerned that if you have the DOJ and the FCC and the FAA and the FBI and every, all these other three-letter institutions or agencies that are that are going to try and crack down on this guy, uh, it's gonna it's gonna put a toll on him, and I, I don't know if he's gonna be able to weather it. Harry, what do you think about this situation? Because it, it definitely seems like. Almost every avenue of attack is being utilized here against the man who just wants us to be able to speak to each other freely without fear of censorship. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna add it. He has so many different businesses where he can be attacked from. It, it, it surprised me that there aren't other like I, I think of Jack Dorsey in the same vein as I do Elon Musk, got another guy who I, I think genuinely cares about free speech with his uh his work in the Bitcoin space and then also promoting Noster. Um, so I, I think that there's people, other people out there who could help kind of alleviate some of the pressure that Elon's feeling right now. Um, but yeah, that they do not want him to succeed in any way, shape or form. But what's interesting to me is that they still end up giving Tesla all these subsidies. So it's like they're saying one thing and doing the other. So um, yeah, it, it's, it's interesting. I, I think that, they're obviously trying to put more pressure on them, given the fact that uh, where X is right now, it seems like it's trying to be the only free speech platform out there. So, yeah, I think I think the only reason he hasn't been full on AJ at this point. Hi, Steph. Welcome aboard. You want to introduce yourself real quick? Someone's late there, Steph. What are you doing? I was hanging out backstage. Uh-huh. Calling in late. Happy I was birthday. Hanging, I was hanging out backstage. Um, I'm happy to meet you. Is this Harry or Brett? Harry, what's going on, Steph? Good to meet Hi, you. Hi, Harry. I heard you talk about the Noble. We have that at the house. I, I, nice. I know I know about it. So, yes, I'm Steph. We are Change. You can find me on Instagram at Steph We Are Change or on X, Steph WRC. Welcome. Myself, welcome here. <laughs> well, so so my I, I agree with Harry's point about um, you know Elon having been a, a, a benefactor or, or benefited rather from from a, a lot of government grants, he has really played the game well in terms of 
uh, you know, aligning himself with this green agenda and all of the subsidies that go along with that. I think because of that, they expected Elon Musk to be a controllable figure. The issue is that because he played that game so well, he became the richest man in the world. And now he has decided he's going to, uh, I guess, think that he can cut his his own puppet strings and see if he's a real boy. And we're going to find out here real soon because uh, I think during the presidential election over the next 10 months or so, it's going, I mean, the the desire to control narratives writ large is so enormous and if we're able to speak freely if aj is able to have a platform if all of the dissidents are allowed to speak on x i don't know how they can maintain narrative control and if they can't i genuinely think that their house of cards comes crumbling down yeah here it would be cool to also talk about your guys's experience on kind of social media since there there also has been a larger attack on anything that's kind of health related uh, anything related to alternative suggestions to the FDA and the, the larger Illuminati food pyramid that they keep trying to get all of us to eat in such an uh, unnatural, crazy way. The, there's been so many individuals that I even personally knew throughout the years that were doing health-related content. They were on YouTube, they were on Instagram, they were on Facebook, and a lot of them couldn't survive because of the clear amount of censorship. I was wondering, how do you guys kind of navigate that since it, it does really seem there's only a few platforms left and there's a small window still left when it comes to speaking out against the larger kind of monopolies in social media who don't want you discussing the stuff that makes you healthy, that makes you fit, that makes you strong, but they love promoting the stuff that makes you fat, sick, and dumb. Yeah, it's incredibly interesting. There's a report released this week that it, it was from the UK and they were talking about different accounts that were talking kind of like, I think they described it as almost anti-science. So uh, accounts that were talking about really natural ways to uh, improve diet and lifestyle, um, talking about like raw milk, eating uh, red meat, not really prescribing to the plant-based agenda and um, Brett was tagged in that un along with a number of our friends on Twitter as an account that's um, one of these accounts that's spreading misinformation. So for us, you know, you see a report like that and it's pretty discouraging, but we haven't faced too much, um, you know, directly in, in the the um, way of like suppression and in, in, uh, suppression of free speech. And we have been pretty, um, you know, I don't think we've really held back too much. Um, but that that uh, I think is a rare case. I think it's because we grew relatively quickly and, um, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of eyeballs paying attention to what we were saying just because we kind of came out of nowhere. But Not on um, their radar yet. Yeah. Up. But but there's a number of accounts that we know of who have been suppressed heavily for talking about eating red meat, uh, you know, really getting access to uh high quality foods so it's uh it's pretty crazy and uh that's that happened on you know previously twitter and it's it happens on instagram all the time so you know our whole our whole message is just try to to try to get the truth out there about food so we don't really try to hold back uh we're definitely gonna have to move our, our content onto some of these more safer places like uh what is it rumbler or, um you know, yeah, I, I, just, I don't think, yeah, Rumble. I just don't think there's like too much uh, leniency for, you know, spreading the truth on some of these more popular social media platforms. 
There's also some breaking news that we are seeing right now of allegedly Elon Musk creating his own kind of university in Austin, Texas. Now, I don't know if this has been kind of confirmed here or not, but this is what we're kind of seeing, that he's going to establish a STEM-focused primary secondary school that will eventually expand into a university high school level education for the students that will be entered into this probably private school. What what would be the first thing that Elon Musk is going to be teaching people at his school? Gamification. So they teach, he had um, SpaceX, he was having a school for young children and they taught them through playing games, actually video games. I actually kind of looked into this personally and I did an interview for one of these roles actually. So it's called Synthesis and um, that's the school and he did it for his own kids and then also for the kids that of the children of the people who worked at SpaceX. Uh, Stem, make sure that your microphone, go in the settings and make sure the microphone um, is, you have the right one connected to the one that you're speaking at. But he did file a lot of uh, paperwork, especially when it comes to tax exempt status, all the way back in October 22nd. We're just hearing about the news now of Elon University. Uh, I'm I'm kind of, I don't know about you guys, but I, I'm kind of like allergic to any kind of institution of higher learning, especially now with all the latest stuff coming out of, of Harvard and all these other institutions that are absolutely horrible brainwashing institutions. But is this an institution that we might be uh, taken seriously and might actually help the people out there? What do you guys think? It's certainly possible. I mean, uh, if there was any entrepreneur in America, much less on earth that I would like my kid to be learning from, it'd probably be Elon Musk. I think that he has, he's demonstrated a, a skill set and a work ethic uh, and a far reaching one at that, that would be aspirational for any young child. So I, I like the idea at the same time, I, I share your hesitancy and, and caution uh, when it comes to any institution of higher learning. I think that they get uh, infiltrated and, and ultimately become a net negative very rapidly. But you know, we'll see. We'll see. He's he's done a lot of things that I thought weren't possible. If he can create a college that I would like to see, send my kids to, that would truly be uh, accomplishing a, an impossible feat. Harry, who who's teaching the health class and what's going to be on the curriculum? You know, I, I would love to put my name in a hat for the health class. There's actually there's a ton of uh, these charter schools coming up in in the Austin area. And I'm not sure if it's nationwide yet, like this trend of homeschooling or or just charter schooling in general, but our buddies out in Dripping Springs are start have started a school. Uh, it's much different than traditional education, and I think that that trend should continue. Uh, just given like where higher education is at right now, uh, I think I think this is more elementary school and high school. But still, I think everyone kind of acknowledges the fact that these institutions of uh, education are captured and. You know, there's definitely a lot of uh, low hanging fruit in terms of trying to like shrink the classroom and trying to teach kids in a way that actually gets them to learn. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a trend that should continue. Yeah, the, the current education system is essentially an indoctrination center that has been bankrolled and financed by individuals like David Rockefeller that essentially just is there to make good factory slave workers and obedient individuals that just follow orders blindly. If we have new schools, because Elon Musk keeps talking about this, and I think this is why he's under attack as much as he is right now. 
he keeps talking about the importance of the youth, the importance of people having babies, reproducing. As uh, it, it's fair to say, looking at the data myself, we are facing a larger civilizational collapse because there's not enough people procreating. There's not a lot of people having babies. Because of that, there's going to be a lot of imbalance in the future societies, not just with, with Social Security, but with many other aspects of our society that are going to be in a very precarious situation because of this larger kind of deep population agenda that is essentially being carried out right in front of our eyes. Elon Musk is one of those individuals actually speaking out against it. And to me, this is one reason why he has a lot of legitimacy. Him starting a university and, and, and uh, an education-based system that is promising to be different than the one we have now, it's also kind of giving me legitimacy that he's really investing in the future of this country unlike a lot of other people. And that's why he's probably under attack by the Biden administration that now wants to investigate him more, even though there's multiple lawsuits, government regulations and agencies literally going after every single aspect of his business. I think that one of the things that, that, that is keeping him safe is the Starlink defensive military industrial complex capabilities of that technology that he, of course, is now utilizing in places like Ukraine and Israel. And of course, for the benefit of the United States government, as now Starlink uh, has also started to operate in contested territories in the Arctic, where, of course, the Russians are trying to get their foothold in as well. So lots of different things happening behind the scenes. But how do you think Elon's kind of balance will, will kind of move forward here? Because on one hand, he does get a lot of carbon credits. He does get a lot of government contracts. He does have a lot of ties to defense uh, industries that are crucial for American defense. On the other hand, he's going up against their agenda, the eugenics depopulation agenda, more than anyone else uh, in our kind of culture. And he's having a big impact on it. And I think this school is a testament to that. Yeah, I think he can he can push the envelope a lot for the exact reason that you detailed is that he's got all these government contracts, which, uh, you know, ultimately he's providing a service to the to the government that they really can't provide themselves. He wins a lot of bet, uh, bids even against NASA. He's able to get us to space cheaper and more efficiently and more safely. So because of his skill set, he has a far wider berth than the average American. And he's he's able to really push it. But I think people really aren't giving enough credence to what the infiltration of the higher uh, you know, learning institutions will mean for our future. It, as you've seen over the past week with these uh, you know, college presidents or university presidents that are being dragged up on Capitol Hill and many of them are now being forced to resign, it's, it's a good step in the right direction, I think, even though I don't necessarily agree with the reason that they're being pushed out. But the reality is, is that the vast majority of these institutions of higher learning are really indoctrination mills into a very un-American worldview. And I don't see how we can expect to compete in a global economy, given that our best and brightest are being funneled through these indoctrination mills. It just seems as if it is so on its face self-destructive. And I I really think that if we expect to compete in the next you know century, uh, we have to we have to resolve that immediately. And you know, if Elon can play a part in that, great. But I think I think that the pressure on him is going to be unbearable over the next well, 10 months. I mean, I mean, I mean, I think there's a deliberate agenda to try to destroy America from within, because if you compare short, chubby, anxiety filled, Ritalin popped 
fat kids in America, you compare to what they're studying and what they're looking at here in the curriculum that they're given, essentially being incentivized to chop chop on their favorite bodily uh, organ. You, you compare that to the Chinese that, that are uh, uh, essentially way above us, especially when it comes to math, science, reading scores that are absolutely obliterating the average American student. When, when you have a nation that, that is being so attacked, when you have so many fat kids, when you have so much obesity, that's not a sign that a country is going to be prosperous, as, of course, the IQ of this country is going down dramatically, and that's going to be a very serious issue. I correlate it with health. This is where I want to kind of bring you, Harry, into this kind of larger conversation as well, because if your body's not right, your mind's not right as well. And I, I think a lot of people forget to correlate the two. And with obesity, cancer rates and heart disease rates going up in America, this not only highlights a larger problem that's going to be weighing us down physically, but also mentally with a lot of cognitive function that is going to be kind of affected here as well, comparatively to the Chinese that I usually make a lot of jokes about fitting in places where only two Americans can. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, the... It, have you guys seen that video? It's like a, an old high school in California. These kids are working out outside on uh, monkey bars and doing all sorts of physical training. And they they look like they could be in the military, but it's just a high school gym class. And that was, I think, in the, the 50s or 60s. Yeah, it's and, like black and white footage. And all of them are actually uh, doing pull-ups, running, lunging, and like jumping over things. And at peak physical fitness for, I think, the top 1% today. Yes, and, and then you think about today and you mentioned mental health and, and physical health. They're, they're one in the same. You know, if your physical health is not well, then there's there's definitely going to be problems when it comes to your mental well-being and uh, just your overall vitality. And, and I think that today there's 88 percent of people who are struggling with uh, meta metabolic dysfunction, which basically just means that their body can't turn food into energy in the way that it's supposed to. And so. Like if you think about that statistic, it's as doom and gloom as it gets when it comes to our overall health as a country. Um, and, you know, there's something to be said, you know, that the health of the average person really should be the priority of everyone. We should be trying to uh, eat foods that promote people to go live incredible lives. And if the average person either can't get access to great food or, the information that they're being told to what to eat is just flat out wrong. Uh, that's uh, really kind of like how we've gotten into this place, this situation to begin with. And uh, we've made cheap food very common and uh, very hyper palatable. So I think that's why we're seeing this trend in childhood obesity and obesity in general. And it's uh, it, it's pretty disheartening because we just see more and more people get sick and more and more pharmaceutical drugs pushed in people's faces to fix the problem. And it's really just a short-term fix that doesn't really solve the root cause of the issue. Yeah, pharmaceutical so pharmaceutical drugs that we're getting from China <laughs> that we have to keep buying from them that we have to be dependent on. As of course, there are a lot of nutritional deficiencies in the average American as our food is being uh, factory farmed and, and losing a lot of essential minerals, a lot of essential nutrients that it used to have. 
that it no longer has because of these mass kind of factories, because of all these artificial sweeteners and flavors and, of course, glyphosate that ruin your gut biome. And when your gut biome is destroyed, so is, of course, your mental health, as, of course, your gut creates a lot of very important chemicals for your brain to operate optimally. And when you have a direct attack on the gut, you have a, a direct result of a lot of people dealing with things like anxiety and other mental disorders that are directly correlated with it, that medical doctors are like, yeah, um, don't change your diet, don't change your habits, don't change your sleep, don't exercise. Here's a pill. Just take this. This is going to, to help you. This is going to fix everything for you here, buddy. And, of course, that's not the solution here to move forward. We also got a rumble rant from the quartering. Shouts out to the quartering. He's an, he's an awesome dude um, that I've teamed up with and worked with. He was, I think, on the first kind of episode that we ever did on rumble when we were at the presidential debates. Quartering says, quote, we're not so bad. Uh, <laughs> a, a quote attributed to, quote, big seed oil. So thank you for the uh, rumble rant. Uh, Jeremy, Jeremy from the quartering, check him out on rumble. He also does a live show here and does an incredible job. And, uh, I think overall great dude, uh, personally myself, but how do you respond to the big seed oil company saying we're not so bad? Well, before, before he gets to that, I just wanted to point out since we had the massive chips guy on last week, I, I went into my freezer, into my fridge to try and uh, get rid of all the seed oil stuff. And it was like everything. Um, <laughs> you I'm lucky, looking... you lucky you did it. Cause I would have, I, I haven't, I still haven't been to your place, but every place I go to, I literally go into the fridge. I came here to the beanie compound. I'm here with Tim pool. I'm literally in his house. Soon, the first thing I did, as soon as I came in, I was like, show me where you're hiding the seed oils. All right. <laughs> Cause they're, they're, they're not going to be staying here long. And I'm like, this is cancer. This is sucks. This is going to screw you over. This is going to shrink your wiener. This is going to mess up your <laughs> endocrine system. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, no, 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 no. And um, this, it, Clint, you're lucky. Uh, you got rid of your seed oils because I would have came up in, into your crib, and uh, <laughs> they would have been done for anyway. Well, I, I knew it was coming, so I, I proactively removed it. But uh, my, the point I was trying to make is that it's it's unbelievable how pervasive it is. As soon as you realize that this is screwing up your me metabolic uh, processes, and and you try and purge it, you just like walk through a grocery store it's almost impossible to shop and then you have all this inflation which makes it so that you want to buy the cheaper items the cheaper items are filled with this stuff so it's no it's no uh you know mystery as to why people are not just physically unfit but also now mentally unfit yeah a lot of people probably feel like they don't really have a choice and a lot of processed foods are just like chock full of the, these really cheap ingredients that are terrible for you we had a, a guy on our podcast I think he was like episode five he used to work for a big food company making uh frozen burritos and he was doing cost optimization for the company and, and his job was just looking at a spreadsheet seeing how he could make things cheaper and a lot of times the oil is the thing that they can move the needle the most on just because it's very caloric and you can make it cheaply through the process of uh, canola oil and soybean oil there's so many subsidies backing these these types of crops and it makes it really accessible for these big food companies to access it and ultimately it's just terrible for you um you know a lot of people look for studies to prove that these things are terrible for you but i like to kind of point to the logic so it's a 15-step process to create seed oils and in that process they're using bleach and they're deodorizing uh the oils with all different types of chemicals and I just think if you're going through a 15 step process that involves deodorizing and bleach, 
you just shouldn't put that in your body. And then you can, you can dig into the science all you want. It's incredibly inflammatory, but I just like to leave it at that. It's uh, it's pretty crazy. And yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head uh, on just how pervasive this, these ingredients are. They're, they're in everything. It's, it's unbelievable. No, like seriously, and and it's increasing in volume in such an egregious way where now even Whole Foods is dominated with it. The the wet bar at Whole Foods, and I'm like, I'm I'm reading the ingredients. I'm like, ah, horrible. I always make sure to scream loudly uh, as much as I can inside of these supermarkets, including even the health ones that have a bunch of this stuff. And uh, for for some reason, people think. You know, I'm on a healthy vegan diet. Oreos are vegan. And I'm like, you're dummy because you're poisoning yourself. And essentially, a large portion of the vegan diet are a lot of the foods that are subsidized by big government. Corn, a lot of soy, a lot of the industries that I have hijacked are stealing essentially our tax dollars and have a lot of incentive to produce this crap that is done in partnership with Monsanto, another organization that Bill Gates heavily invested in. As of course, Bill Gates also surprisingly bought a lot of stock in Bud Light, as Bud Light is also increasing in stock value recently, as some people are telling people to start drinking Bud Light. You, This is not the channel that this is going to be happening. And uh, this is something that I think is more important than ever culturally. We got another super chat here by I'm not your buddy guy. And he said they've done the cost benefit analysis quote. He has to go. I, I believe you're talking about Elon Musk here. Uh, and, and just to kind of revert back to this conversation, because there's a lot of things we, we want to talk about health. We can't on this particular uh, YouTube broadcast. But but let's just bring the conversation back over to uh, to to Elon Musk. Will he be able to stay or will they be taking him down? How do you guys kind of foresee everything happening now? As, of course, it looks like Twitter is going to be operating at a loss and he's going to be using a lot of his other businesses in order to subsidize it. As, of course, now he just said F off. He just said bring back AJ. He's kind of going going all out against the system. Will the system be able to stop him? What do you guys think? I think that the the real issue is that because he's providing a platform to so many canceled people, it's it's creating a whack-a-mole situation where the, the government doesn't know who to hammer down. It's like there's so many people. So the one person that really hammers every political dissident down is Elon Musk. If they can actually force X out of business via the advertising pressure campaigns that have come through Media Matters, or if they can punish him with so many lawsuits and litigation that he just says, ah, screw it, it's not worth it, and he decides to to sell or take the company public and basically bend the knee. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of potential avenues for him to ultimately give in. Uh, but based off of his rhetoric, he, he seems to identify that this is an existential battle and he, he seems to be in it for the long haul. I hope he's sincere. Uh, only only time will tell, honestly. Yeah, I think that that Andrew Sorkin interview that he had, I think it was last week, gives me hope that he's in it and he's willing to fight the good fight. I don't think they're going to be able to slow him down. I think he has enough control for himself. They'll obviously do everything they can, but I, I have faith that he can he can weather the storm and continue to put put up a fight against the suppression of free speech. I mean, he's worth a quarter trillion dollars. So if this dude can't can't fight back, then we're really screwed. <laughs> yeah, there's enough. There's enough human capital on his side. 
Yeah, it's incredible because he already put, what, $44 billion on Twitter. Um, we're also seeing that he's now spending $100 million on this kind of university in Austin, Texas. So that's a lot of money there. We're, we're, we're talking about, you know, the, the, the kind of spending bills of, of people like Vladimir Zelensky, okay? Those are big budgets. Those are that, That's a lot of, uh, we're, we're talking about, we're not even just talking about Hunter Biden uh, spending money here, okay? We're talking about more than that as uh, money is a major tool, is a major asset, and Elon Musk definitely has galvanized a lot of it. Literally, the richest person, according to the assets that he controls, more than almost, more, excuse me, more than anyone else in the world. And as you mentioned, Clint, if he can't do it, I don't think anyone can. And uh, is he going to be a good guy? That's a lot of uh, questions that a lot of people have as well, as there's also a lot of skepticism when it comes to some people even going as far as to describe him as a potential antichrist or an individual who just might be there to, of course, be a part of the system, a part of some kind of larger conspiracy and psyop. Now, I, I personally don't believe that. I, I think we should always judge a person by the fruits of, of what they provide. And I, I think the ability of, of having free speech is absolutely crucial for a free society. And I think he has done more when it comes to fighting for individual liberty and for free speech than any Republican presidential uh, candidate or politician ever has in our current uh, political discourse. Is that is that too much to say or, or is do you think that's fair? I think that's absolutely fair. I mean, just to spin this more optimistically as opposed to him being the Antichrist, which, you know, if he starts putting chips in people's brains and we all become zombies, okay, maybe he is. Uh, but up until then, because so many people have been canceled, there is an entire ecosystem or an economic system that is outside of the, the mainstream that is so popular now that there's a real financial incentive to go and acquire that market share. And Elon, I think, has identified that. I think that's what he's doing with X, and he can actually bolster the the you know the broader audience for all of these dissident voices as long as he's willing to weather the storm, as long as people are willing to support his work and subscribe to X and do whatever they can to try and keep this this singular platform alive that is allowing for all of these people who are completely counter to what the mainstream uh, narrative is supposed to be. If he does that successfully, I think that he can then convert X into what his dream is, is to make it the everything app, make it a payment processor and host and a c competitor to YouTube and all these other uh, you know, lofty ideas that seemed like a pipe dream for a while. I think it's now possible, but he's got he's really going to be forced to stay true to his word when it comes to free speech. If he if he wavers, if he demonstrates that he is, in fact, backing down. Uh, I think that then the rumbles of the world and everybody else will start to to eat his lunch once again. So he's got to, he's got to stay on the path. It's it's going to be interesting to see how this is all going to be uh, unfolding. We got another uh, super chat here by Darkaton saying, "Why is everyone scared to platform Shiva?" Let's go. Um, I don't think people are scared to uh, platform Shiva. We got another one here from Dick Dickerson saying media light, not light. I don't know what you meant by that. You have another one here by Dick Dickerson saying also the two biggest takes from the Twitter space that none is taking uh, a, talking about the following. Elon said he's willing to do jail time to defend free speech. And also he's suing media items in every country they operate in yes there's also a lot of different 
lawsuits that Elon Musk is involved in, that Rumble is involved in, as of course we're going through a lot of legal lawfare as well. We got another one here by Dick Dickerson saying, Seamus is made of seed oils and soy. Yes, it's a fake potato. <laughs> it's not a real one. It's filled with just a whole bunch of seed oils. But I, I wanted to kind of continue this conversation because, uh, and I wanted to double down on my kind of statement here about Elon Musk because I don't, I don't think people understand the significance of, of free speech. I don't think people understand how just critically important it is when it comes to our current landscape that we're dealing with a fifth generational warfare where a lot of disinformation, a lot of bad information is sent out there and deliberately is hurting people in so many different ways. Health, food, diet is one of those specific ways as already a lot of the topics surrounding it are censored on all the other big tech social media platforms. Twitter is one of the few spaces that I actually see people talking freely about their kind of larger takes on health. And again, when it comes to health, yes, there's a couple snake oil salesmen. Yes, there's a couple bad apples there. But but overall, when it, when it comes to individuals coming together and saying, hey, um, you should do your blood test. Hey, you should do what's right for you as an individual. Hey, you should do what works for you. And you shouldn't be looking at the food pyramid chart and sucking down 80 freaking percent of grains that it failed to glyphosate down your gullet. Maybe you shouldn't just be doing what the government is telling you to do. Maybe you shouldn't follow the science blindly and have blinders onto your eyes. Maybe you should do a little bit of critical thinking, deep analysis and research into not just overall health, but your health, your specific things that make you run optimally and the best version of yourself. So this is something that I, I, I wanted to kind of continue, but we can only continue that conversation on Rumble, which we are going to be transitioning to right now. And I want you guys who are watching this now on Facebook and YouTube uh, to go over to rumble.com, where, of course, the conversation is going to be held in a more free uh, way where there's no restrictions and we can get into the weeds here as of course we have a really awesome company noble origins on we have a promo code luke rudd get 15 percent store credit on items that you guys sent me that i use that i like i really like uh the, the beef liver stuff some people are like oh man this tastes like beef liver i'm like it's beef liver what do you think it was gonna taste like <laughs> some people have a preferred taste some of the other products you have don't taste like uh, beef liver I, I don't like the taste of beef liver, but I like the nutrients of beef liver, which the human body usually runs very well on when they get that proper nutrition. A lot of pregnant women usually just strive for beef organs. A lot of Abdullahs tell women, hey, you're pregnant, go get beef organs. Again, do the right thing that is right for you as an individual. But before we go and leave this wonderful technocratic sensorious space that is YouTube, Harry, where can people find you as we uh, move on from this platform? Yeah, check me out uh, on X, Meat Mafia Harry. Uh, we also have the Meat Mafia Media on Instagram. Uh, we're the Meat Mafia Podcast on YouTube. Check us out. We, uh, we've we done 252 episodes of the podcast, a bunch of great people um, talking about how to take control of your health. So go check out the pod on uh, all the different channels that you can find podcasts, Spotify, Apple, pod, or, uh, Apple Music. Clint, who was supposed to doing, who was supposed to be doing all the button pushing, and has decided to outsource this very key important role that I taught him and showed him how to do. Where can people find you, Clint? 
For some reason, my StreamYard is not uh, equipped to do the button pushing, so I apologize. Uh -huh. uh, uh -huh. I'm, I'm being honest. I, I would love to be able to do it right now. Um, at Liberty Lockpot on X, please do follow me there. Liberty Lockdown's the show, and for the commenter that said we're afraid to have Dr. Shiva on, I had Dr. Shiva on Liberty Lockdown 30 days ago. Go check it out if you don't believe me. Uh, and uh, yeah, I also do a show called Tower Gang, which will be on Rumble later tonight at 9.30. Uh, but uh, everybody transition to Rumble. If you if your college professor tells you to transition, you have no problem doing it. I'm telling you to also do it. But do it to Rumble this time, all right? Come on. But but don't chop anything off. Uh, yeah. Stephanie, who was late? Steph, we are changed. Never late, always on time. <laughs> Happy birthday. Related. Um, all right. Thank you guys so much for watching. That's going to be it for me. As of course, I got to get ready for the Beanie Show. We're going to have a really great show starting 8 p.m. Eastern on TimCast uh, IRL. Uh, guys, have a great show. Clint, take it from here. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely, brother. Are, are we on Rumble now? I hope we are. I think we, we are. We, okay. we, we, we would be if, so, if Clint was pushing the buttons. <laughs> all, right, all right, all right, all right. Here we go. They have lied over and over about every aspect of my personal and professional life. So much so that their lies have become the false facts believed by too many people. No matter how many times it is debunked, they continue to insist that my father's support of Ukraine against Russia is the result of a non-existent bribe. They displayed naked photos of me during an oversight hearing. And they have taken the light of my dad's love, the light of my dad's love for me and presented it as darkness. They have no shame. These same committee chairmen have engaged in unprecedented political interference in what would have already been a five year investigation of me. Yet, here I am, Mr. Chairman, taking up your offer when you said we can bring these people in for depositions or committee hearings, whichever they choose. Well, I've chosen. I am here to testify at a public hearing today to answer any of the committee's legitimate questions. Republicans do not want an open process where Americans can see their tactics, expose their baseless inquiry, or hear what I have to say. What are they afraid of? I think this is an interesting uh, clip for a lot of reasons, but you know, Hunter Biden has been in the, uh, the line of fire for, in my opinion, some very, very legitimate reasons. And, uh, the, the least of which is certainly not the, uh, the his relationship to Burisma sitting on the board there, all of the connections to the fact that we've now funneled over $100 billion in their defense against Russia. Um, but what I found interesting about the tail end of that clip is that, first off, he was subpoenaed to do this. So the fact that he, he showed up there, I, apparently there's some sort of legal violation of that subpoena by doing so. So he may be jeopardizing himself, but I think that he's calling the GOP's bluff. And I think this is going to surprise people that I'm actually taking this angle, but because I think this dude's guilty as fuck, to be perfectly honest. But I think the reason that he wants to do it in open hearings as opposed to closed hearings is because so many of the GOP, GOP politicians are also in on the Ukraine grift. I think mm -hmm. that they, they're dirty and he knows that he's calling their bluff by saying, okay, you want to have these fucking conversations? Let's do it in public. 
And I'm just curious what you guys think. Steph, any thoughts? <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I was bored to death. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was actually shocked. That doesn't even look like Hunter Biden. Like it it looks nothing like the photos that I've seen of him before. Um, but is it just because he didn't have a crack pipe and a yeah <laughs> and a stripper <laughs> and a pink boa? He was missing a few props. <laughs> yeah, I mean the guy the guy is such a disaster of a human being, like legitimately. Um, but I really think that's the angle he's taking on this because I think he is guilty. I think that Joe Biden has benefited financially from his. I mean, there's no reason that you get put on uh, one of the largest oil and gas firms in Ukraine. Uh, I mean, there's no reason for fucking Hunter Biden to be doing that. He knows nothing about the oil and gas industry. He is there strictly because it's able to purchase favor from his father, who at the time was the vice president of the United States, allegedly the second most powerful man in the world. Right. Um, And as a consequence, he became very financially uh, well off. And I think that that money was almost certainly funneled to his dad in some form or fashion. As Hunter in his private text said repeatedly, he was giving... uh, uh, you know, he was he was responsible for financially taking care of the entire Biden family, whether or not they'll ever be able to show a paper trail where that money leads back to Joe himself is really irrelevant to me. What what he did was trade on his father's name and political favors that came from the vice president of the United States. And now we risk World War Three because of it. If that's not illegal, then you need to rewrite the laws. I mean, it's fucking crazy that this guy is still running around and we're still talking about impeaching Biden three years into his presidency when this should have been dealt with forever ago. Um, I don't know. It sounds like you guys don't really care much about this topic, so we may have to move on. (laughs) It's just so much political theater. It's like, I feel like they're trying to get you to look one direction while there's all this other important stuff happening elsewhere. Um, And yeah, like both both parties are at fault. It's ridiculous that uh, we have foreign representatives working for important positions on these types of companies that have massive political influence. Uh, the fact that he had a position in a company in Ukraine that has power is, is ridiculous. And uh, yeah, I, I just think a lot of this is political theater. They just want to distract us from things that are actually important. Well, I, I personally, I think that this is actually very important because I think that it demonstrates that we have a fucking criminal technocratic elite that rule over us and people don't seem to take it seriously. Uh, I mean, this is one of the most egregious examples of the presidency being used to sell out our future from underneath us and also risk a hot war with the largest nuclear power on earth. If that's not a fucking news story worth uh, paying attention to, I don't know what is. Uh, I, I, I think that the the real misdirect here is that they're talking about impeaching him three years into his presidency. It's a total fucking waste of time at this point. You needed to get him out in year one when this was evidently, uh, you know, on its face corruption, as opposed to doing it just for election purposes in 2024. I'm not so much interested in him being kicked out at the end of his term. The dude's fucking on death's door anyways. His brain's about to explode. He's like, he's just such a disaster of a human being all the way around. Who cares? I mean, who cares about him being impeached at this point? I, I want I want the corruption rooted out from our government. I want the fucking GOP politicians that also profited handsomely while hundreds of thousands of Ukrainians died that didn't need to. I mean, this is like war criminal level shit, and it just seems like the, the broader population doesn't care, which drives me fucking nuts. But uh, the uh, I wanted to get into uh, a more pop culture issue 
which is the Shane Dawson and Rylan Adams uh, apparently using surrogacy to get two baby boys. Uh, allegedly, there was 10 other children that were created only to be cast aside because they were not optimal. Uh, if Josh is available, if he can uh, share my screen for me, I'd appreciate it. There we go. And this is a clip of what uh, he, has, he has been caught on mic saying on his show. This is a YouTuber, by the way. And she goes, oh, I'm a cheerleader. And I'm like, oh, really? And she shows me her Instagrams, which are like, first of all, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but like, she's like sexy. She's like sexy. You're disgusting. I know. Listen, we've talked about pedophilia before. No, no, this before. is the, Shane. Like, <laughs> like, do not say this, and do, like, I don't even want to talk about it. Like, you will get arrested. Like, he kind of can. He, listen, he allegedly, has this justification, justification for pedophilia, okay. and it's so disturbing. And like, I, I just pretend that he doesn't. <laughs> okay, wait, no, like, no. Let me explain. Let no. me explain. Oh God. Here's my justification for pedophilia. I can't. Here's my thing. People have foot fetishes. People have fetishes about, you know, everything. Fine, everybody do your thing. So why is it when somebody looks at a Google's, like, naked baby on Google and jerks off to it, they can get arrested? Because, I don't understand Because... That. Here's so the like, worst part of it. I actually went to Google and I'm like, oh I God. want to see. You can get I don't arrested. Wanna, I know, but I just wanted to see like, okay, let me just pretend, yeah. let me pretend like I'm a pedophile for a sec. So I typed in naked baby. First of all, they were sexy. <laughs> okay, back to the Instagram. Um, so I look at this. All right, I think we get the point. <laughs> I am, I am so... I'm so confused by this story. I don't know. If, did we lose our panel? I hope not. You guys still with me? All I'm right. Here. All right. <laughs> um, this story is so fucking strange to me. Like, first off, I've always felt that, like, I would rather see kids be adopted than end up in foster homes. And if that means there's a gay couple, okay, I don't really care. Uh, in this instance, given this guy's proclivities... It gives me tremendous pause. There's also a lot of uh, debate over whether or not, you know, you should be able to pay women for surrogacy when you have all of these, you know, tens of thousands of kids that are living in foster care. It's like, what are we doing here? Um, I'm just curious what you guys think about all this. It's a, it's a very controversial topic, but I hopefully it'll be ripe for a conversation. I, I can start on this. So uh, first off, I just want to say that... Uh, it's something that no one wants to hear. It's something that no one wants to think about. It's something that is usually we don't even think about. So to put this into light is a, it's not a bad thing, but it's not something that is really, I think it's kind of just not normal. And I, I don't know. It's just, it's if I, are, are you guys feeling like how nasty that feels? Because I think we all need to like sit and feel that and be like, wow, this is crazy. That, people do this that this is like sought after that people actually like there is a group looking at this wanting this consuming that and i'm i'm, I'm always I'm, I'm hesitant to to make any sort of like hard line assessment because he's a youtuber who's talking for probably thousands of hours and maybe this is what he finds to be humorous obviously most people don't find that kind of humor to be funny um 
and I'm not at all sure that it's a joke either. So like <laughs> if it's not, if it's not a joke, if this is actually who this guy is, well then yeah, he really shouldn't be allowed to adopt two baby boys. Uh, I think that there's enough enough cause here for some sort of I don't it, you know I'm I'm a libertarian I never want the state to intervene in this type of stuff but like if kids are jeopardized that's if there's a purpose for the state that would be it so this what is do you sick think? yeah yeah this is demented even if it's a joke it's like there's lines that you just don't cross um, yeah the the fact that he's gonna have two surrogate kids is disgusting and he's saying stuff like that. Um, you know, I, I just think this is this just like strikes at a lot of cultural problems in the U.S. Like the fact that it's like we should bring back being able to just like punch people in the face because that like that guy deserves to get uh, his ass kicked. Like yeah. saying stuff like that is absolutely unacceptable. Yeah. Well, I mean, if he if he weren't adopting two sons, I wouldn't take it as seriously. But yeah. the fact that he is is like, oh shit! <laughs> you know, like yeah. these kids are immediately they're immediately in the line of fire and. Um, you know, potentially, I don't know for sure, but I'm, I'm curious, what would you guys prescribe? I mean, would you want the sheriffs to bust in and, and remove those babies? Cause that's, that's where I think that's the only natural next step if you want the state to be involved. Yeah. I'm like, you. Yeah, I mean, I, I like limited intervention, but I think in the case of, uh, things like this, where kids are at risk and, uh, you know, potentially in, in harm's way, you gotta have the state get involved. Steph, same. We need to protect the children and anything that has to do with that just gets me so fired up. I, I literally just don't even want to talk about it at some level because it's just really messed up. Like there's way too much fuckery with the children and we need to protect these generations. Like already our influence on the, the next seven generations is huge. So it's like we need to start with us and then also the kids. So it's like health, wellness, all the good things. I'm really into that i really would like to get into that as well um at some point there is some news about uh the new chain of mcdonald's that i wanted to get into i don't know if you guys have heard about it i thought that would be interesting it was like three days ago okay well, we will we will transition into uh, more your guys wheelhouse in just a sec but first i got to play this video this is a a promo reel for the new movie civil war starring kirsten dunst first off Preview looks pretty fucking good, uh, but it makes me very nervous about what's coming in the future for America. 19 states have seceded. The United States Army ramps up activity. The White House issued warnings to the Western forces as well as the Florida Alliance. The three-term president assures the uprising will be dealt with swiftly. Let me know if you want to try anything on. Are you guys aware there's like a pretty huge civil war going on all across America? We just try to stay out with what we see on the news. Seems like it's for the best. Citizens of America, the so-called Western forces of Texas and California have suffered a very great defeat at the hands of the United States military. Mr. President, do you regret the use of airstrikes against American citizens? We're moving to D.C. today. We need to go down there. They shoot journalists on sight in the Capitol. Every instinct in me says this is death. What if? Every time I survived the war zone, I thought I was sending a warning home. Don't do this. But here we are. There's some kind of misunderstanding here. What? 
or you're American, okay? Okay. What kind of American are you? You don't know? What kind of American are you? Uh, the kind that doesn't want to get shot by my, my government? Uh, yeah, it's like, first off, the movie does look good. It does look entertaining for sure. But given the fact that uh, we have a, a former president that's facing 700 years in prison and many lawsuits attempting to get him off the ballot, the fact that his base is rabid and if he is removed from the ballot or if the election is interfered with, which, by the way, a huge percentage of his supporters already believed that he was robbed of the election in 2020, well then, yeah, civil war becomes probable. Uh, and, and that scares the shit out of me that we're, we've now seen this Barack Obama-produced movie that was about Cyber Polygon that came out on Netflix three days ago, uh, and now you have this Civil War movie that's coming out, and it's like, are we being led into this? What do you guys think? Yes, I do. I, I feel this is why I always say just throw out the TV, because we have the responsibility to what we are buying into, and that includes your thoughts. That includes what you're what you're allowing to be perpetuated from your mind. So like for me personally, I would prefer to forego entertainment said entertainment, AKA watching that movie uh, and just get rid of that headspace. I would prefer to use my time wisely to be creating projects, to be working on things, to put my energy towards what I want to see grow. And that is certainly something um, that I do not want to see grow. That is certainly something that I'm not going to be naive about, but it's something I'm not just going to be entertaining for fun via watching a movie. Yeah, I think since the pandemic, they've gotten so masterful at fear porn. And this is just like another perfect example of that. Steph, I'm with you. I'm like, I just block out these, uh, these types of things that are masqueraded as entertainment but it's really just negative programming trying to like seep into the collective consciousness of like oh we need to be afraid of all these things happening they could happen and really they just paralyze people and prevent them from doing things that you know could enrich their own lives you know this is the type of documentary that i will not be watching just or a movie that i will not be watching yeah but, i mean if i loved how you said that and also it's it's just a matter of how well can you handle it? Like, I'm not saying like you can't watch everything. You put your head in the ground. That's not what I'm saying. But for some people, it might be a better solution for them to just say, look, I'm, I'm, I need to focus on what's important here. Or other people, it's like, I'm, I'm going to research. I want to research this, but it's not going to, I'm not going to allow this to affect me. I'm not going to buy into the fear porn. I just want to see what's happening from a, a third party perspective. I could take myself out of the, my shoes kind of thing. So to each his own like i think we all go through phases and there's moments when for at least for me it's like okay turn off like i have so many cool things that i'm working on behind the scenes like with projects that i've been working on for years where it's like i want to put my focus on these things i want to there's fruit that i want to bring to the table and 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 i think that we should all be keeping busy and not getting distracted by um these kind of fear porn as you said yeah, I, I go the other direction. And I go, I want to watch this movie so I know how to fucking survive this thing. <laughs> that, that's the angle I take what's, with it. But it's the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but before before we uh, transition to the next topic, which is going to be more health oriented, I want to 
thank our sponsor, which is also health-oriented. Did you know that close to 90% of pharmaceuticals in the U.S. are produced outside of the U.S.? So when the next global crisis strikes and countries clamp down on exports, will you be prepared for empty pharmacy shelves in America? Awake doctors like Dr. Pina McCullough started the wellness company to build a parallel healthcare system and bring much-needed change to American healthcare. Part of that change is helping you to take back control of your health. Uh, supply change, so supply chain sh- shortages aren't an issue. The wellness company's medical emergency kit holds eight life-saving medications that every American should have at home. If you have Tylenol, you want this kit on hand. Antibiotics, antivirals, antiparasitics, perfect during a civil war. Uh, this kit contains eight life-saving medications like amoxicillin, ivermectin, and Z-Pak, as well as a 22-page guidebook with complete instructions on safe use from tick bites to COVID, supply, supply chain shortages to medical emergencies. If you have Tylenol or Advil at home, you want this kit. These prescription kits are in huge demand right now. Head to twc.health slash Luke and grab yours now. That's twc.health slash Luke. Code Luke saves you 10% off at checkout. Be safe, be prepared, and stay well. Kits are only available in the USA. And uh, now we'll transition into another health topic, which would be Bryce Mitchell, who went on a passionate speech about uh, actually pasteurized milk, I believe. Uh, Sorry, if you could run that for me. There we go. The first you know, thing you got to do if you're fighting an enemy is accept that you're fighting an enemy. And I got to accept they are trying to kill us. You look at the vaccines, you look at the food, you you look at everything from our music. It's demonic, man. So uh, everything with our culture is bad, starting with our food. Now, if we want to talk about the number one problem with the American food, it's not necessarily the raw milk issue. That's just a huge problem. Raw milk should be legal pasteurized milk should be illegal and and uh, but but the number one problem we have in american farming from what i've seen and what little knowledge i have uh, is definitely roundup being sprayed on our corn everybody that farms this f-ing corn sprays roundup on it and i promise you on my life on my family and i promise to god that i will never spray roundup on my corn and it just makes me so mad look he goes on for four or five minutes on this and it's a it's a hell of a rant but uh you know this is more your guys wheelhouse so hop in here whoever wants to take it and when did you first hear about roundup ready probably from luke (laughs) when what year because i'm talking 10 plus years on this this is like old news yeah, no, I mean, but the the reason that it's more newsworthy is because this is Bryce Mitchell, who's uh, one of the elite fighters in the UFC. The fact that this type of uh, you know worldview is being propagated by some of the more influential people, and especially ones that are in an arena that you would not expect this to be coming from. He's some you know good old boy from Arkansas. Uh, he trains on his farm. He's he's like a real uh, salt of the earth type of dude. And for him to be talking about this, I think it's meaningful. Good. He's waking up. So this is this is where I found myself 10 plus years ago, really, really pissed off, really like literally fasting because I was like, I can't eat. I can't drink. No water, no food. GMOs everywhere. Oh, my God. I was freaking out. I was freaking out. But I think that that's what people kind of need a little like, at least for me, that's what started my investigation stint. And that's like how I got into it and just learned more about Roundup Ready. How does it work? The patent on the seed, all of this. It's like completely not being able to 
um, sustain yourself. It's all you're reliant upon the company because they own the patent to the seed. It's it's horrible. And and a lot of people are fighting that through permaculture. A lot of people are fighting that through growing their own gardens or even just starting it. If you live in an apartment and you want to do it with urban gardening, that's a way to do it, too. But I feel like more and more people are starting to wake up whether it was 10 years ago or now we're all kind of in this together. The people that have woken up 10 years ago are already like having families and land and making communities. I have a lot of friends that are already doing this kind of thing for people that want to do homesteading, that want to learn, that want to volunteer um, in different areas um, around the world. So I feel like this is the next level. One of the best things we could be doing when we're saying, how do you be healthy? Well, if you're a gardener, you're going to be watering the plants you're going to be outside in the sun you're going to be exercising staying fit you're going to be healthy you're going to be eating your own food that food is so much more nutritious you're not going to be reliant on anybody it's amazing it's an amazing lifestyle change but it does take the release of what you're doing now and the steps towards what you want to do later and, and that's how you make those changes so like you, you have to like give up you have to sacrifice the convenience of what we we know now. So for example, like he's saying, I'm never going to, you know, plant that kind of corn. Yeah. Those are, those are big steps though. Like if you have a piece of land that was planted that corn before that, that plot is done. Like it is, it's going to take a lot of remediation and maybe even some special fungi. There's a whole, whole bunch of different things that can be done, but it's going to be a lot of work. It's not, it's, it's going to be a lot of energy and, and I think it's worth it. I think it's worth taking those steps. I think we need to be talking about these things. We need to be su supporting the solutions and finding ways to do, you know, how to make it better. I'm really interested about this McDonald's that's that I found out that's this like new chain that McDonald's is doing because they are trying to get like the morning breakfast market, just like the Starbucks uh, kind of or Dunkin Donuts uh, kind of vibe that they're trying to do here we go we have it is here and i was interested to see what the ingredients are i think it's hilarious how it's so hard to find the ingredients it'll tell you like just how much sugar how much grams how many calories and how many grams of fat all this stuff but can't it just tell me the ingredients like when you scroll on it it'll, it'll show like yeah if you click um can you see i i know it'll show like it shows like a little breakdown on some of them um at least on the first menu i don't know why we're not being able to see it now Nutrition uh, facts. There we no, go. the nutrition facts doesn't show it. Click it, click it and show it. It'll, it'll tell us like how much sugar is involved in it, but it doesn't tell you the ingredients. Is there high fructose corn syrup? Like I still can't tell you yes or no. They're actually, this is a good chain, a bad chain. It's a McDonald's chain. So what, what, what is this story? Is it a new, is it a new breed of yeah, McDonald's? McDonald's is opening up their, their, it's a new spinoff chain on customizable drinks. It's kind of like the the, if they're launching this new chain, it's called Cosmics, and it started. It's six about six days ago. We just got this news that they're starting this new chain, and they started in certain cities. I think maybe Chicago uh, was one of them, uh, and a few others where where it's kind of like the new coffee place, but it's Here, Cosmics. Scroll, scroll up a little bit. Do you guys think this will do well? Total. Yeah, carbs. probably. <laughs> Can you scroll to the right for me? It doesn't say the ingredients. Yeah, it's got massive amount of sugar. Um, I was just curious. Yeah, there's no ingredients, but it's it's certainly not health food. So is it is it trying to compete with Starbucks by being like drink focused? I don't understand. Yeah, that. exactly. That's what it okay. is. Because there are some people that go to McDonald's just for the coffee. Like, you know, like I just really need that McDonald's coffee for whatever reason. I don't know. I don't. 
it's been like, I don't know, maybe 10 plus years ever since the GMO things happened to me. And I, and I realized that for myself personally, I cut out all fast food. Like that was it. I was done. It was a huge sacrifice uh back then but actually for me it was just an awakening it was like i can't believe this is happening okay cut 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 all this stuff completely where do, where do you shop where do you get your groceries because like even going to Publix, i'm like this is all trash yeah that's a really good question um we usually like to go to the local farm so source from the farmers source for is here in miami where i am right now um and where you're from we go to the farmers in south southwest ranches there's a place so there's a bunch of local farmers that you can go to but the best is to just do it yourself like that is my that's what i'm aiming up for yeah uh, there's just no way i mean the i like i i require the division of labor uh i'm not going to become a full-time farmer so while i appreciate it, that it's it's healthier to do that like i just have so many other focuses in my life that i want to stay on that path but like if we end up in some sort of post-apocalyptic future, then I'll, I'll have regretted not learning how to be a farmer. Uh, Harry, I'm just curious what you thought about that Bryce Mitchell rant and, and this new McDonald's spinoff and everything else. Yeah, the yeah. Bryce Mitchell rant was great. I loved it. I think it's great that we're seeing more people speak openly about what's happening in the world of food. And it's been a problem for a while, as you guys were just talking about, like the commercialization, industrialization of food has been happening for over a century, the pasteurization of milk was something that happened in the early 1900s. And it's taken this amazing God-given superfood and turned it into sugar water. Um, yeah, I, I agree with him. Like the pasteurization of milk really kills a lot of the like healthy enzymes. It denatures the proteins. You get much less of the nutritional value when you heat milk over 115 degrees. And when you pasteurize, you heat up to 175 degrees. So you're killing off a lot of the really good benefits of drinking the milk to begin with. So, I mean, that's just the the raw milk case. And then he's talking about, you know, processed foods and, and, uh, in glyphosate or glyphosate specifically. I mean, it was originally patented as a metal chelator, which is used to clean pipes. And then they found a new use for it to kill, uh, different things that were, uh, obstructing plants from growing. So it was now patented as a pesticide. And it's basically sprayed on all industrial crop uh, fields. You know, I think this is a massive problem. We're now we now have farmers who are really reliant on chemicals as, instead of you know God processes and nature's processes that can support each other. But we've just industrial industrialized the entire economy of farming. The entire agricultural business is now so dependent on these chemicals that most farmers don't even really farm. They're just spraying stuff on their fields and collecting a check from the government. So when you do see the farmers who are doing things the right way, like a lot of people that we've had on our podcast, you know, we had Will Harris of White Oak Pastures, a farm in Georgia. We had Joel Salatin on our podcast, who's a, a rancher in our, or a, sorry, a farmer in Virginia at Polyface Farms. They talk about integrating different species into the, their farms so that these species play off each other and they ultimately can uh, really create a vibrant uh, closed loop system on these farms. So you don't need to have all these chemicals, specifically glyphosate, which we know is bad for our health being sprayed on, on the different, different parts of the property. So, you know, it's, it's really, uh, it's really just like we've, we've kind of, we've kind of uh, made farming out to be this, uh, you know, 
terrible way of, of living. And we moved a lot of our jobs off of fields and into factories in the early 1900s. We went from having 7 million farms in America to now having only 2 million. And I think that now we're just relying on technology to come in and fill the gap of all the people and care that used to go into making our food. And that is going to have to either reverse course in terms of us caring about the quality of our food, or we're just going to continue to get more and more sick as we continue to poison ourselves with these these chemicals. Yeah, well, the the sickness is so pervasive at this point. You see the the obesity rate, uh, particularly amongst children, but you know all of us seem to struggle with it. It's like because the food supply is just toxic. It just really is. Um, but I I don't know. Like for, from from my vantage point as someone who's not you know an expert in this arena, it does seem to me to correlate really well with the kind of technocratic approach to the medical industry as well, where there's this belief that we are kind of godlike and that we can use scientific endeavor to uh, alleviate all human issues. Uh, and you've seen that with these mRNA vaccines as of late, which from my uh, you know armchair quarterbacking look to be quite counterproductive at this point. And the fact that they were rolled out to the entire planet uh, gives me tremendous pause. But then you have this same sort of mentality that we can use science to not have to, you know, produce our food in, in a way that, that we did, you know, for all of human history. And we're paying a tremendous price for it. I feel like we're paying that same price in the, the pharma, uh, pharmaceutical industry is, do you think that that's correlated? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the way in which that we, you know, there, there's, it, it's a very similar way of thinking, right? Like we're thinking about these problems in a vacuum and we think we forget about the fact that our, we have an innate immune system. We have an immune system that can be built up if we eat the right foods and it can defend us against different infections and diseases. And, you know, that was not talked about at all uh, over the past three years. And I think that for the most part, it was incredibly overlooked and short-sighted not to be talking about that stuff because we had a great opportunity to enforce positive lifestyle changes. And we just decided to go down this experimental vaccine rabbit hole. And uh, no, we got, we got to shut down the gyms, Harry, obviously yeah, exactly. during a pandemic. That's the most important thing is to shut down the gyms <laughs> and yeah. to listen and to listen to uh, all these doctors that look like fat dudes in lab coats. I'm like, yeah, you, you're the guy I'm going to listen to about my health. Uh, during a, an airborne pathogen. No, thank you. We got a rumble rant from Pepe Payne says, since starting to homestead, I have lowered my grocery costs extensively. You know what goes in and control it. Spot on Steph. Greenhouses and containers are the way to go. Chemtrails and all. Cheers. So you got you got a supporter there, Steph. Um, I, I, you wanted to run this video, but it's 25 minutes long. Do you want to play? Yeah, it's, just no, it's, it? it's too long. I, I think just maybe sharing, sharing it with uh, the audience. It's great. I mean, it's, it's Zach Bush. I don't know if anyone's familiar with Zach Bush. Um, or any of you guys are familiar with Zach Bush, but he's a doctor who's doing uh, cancer research for a long time. And he eventually came across um, really going down the, the route hole of uh, preventative medicine and trying to, or trying to figure out natural ways to, for people to heal themselves. And he started looking into glyphosate and really uncovered the issues with glyphosate and started talking about them really openly. So talking about how glyphosate disrupts the gut and leads to leaky gut and how that causes inflammation in the body. So if you're interested in learning more about glyphosate, I would highly recommend just tuning into this video. What, what is leaky gut? I hear it said all the time, but I don't know what the fuck it is. Yeah, our gut lining is about one cell thick and it's these cells are, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not an expert, but they're 
they form these tight junctions. And when you're, you have a, um, some, some sort of lesion in your gut, which is either caused by some chemical imbalance or, uh, you know, glyphosate is a, a key contributor mm-hmm. to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can break a hole in your gut lining and lead to gut your, basically your gut just leaking out food and stomach acid into your bloodstream. Jesus. Well, that yeah. sounds not good. Um, Josh, if you wouldn't mind pulling up that New York Post article I shared there. This is a pretty wild story. Uh, oh, apparently, Southwest Airlines is now offering for customers of size, which is a very nice way of saying fat motherfuckers. Obese. Uh, says policy that allows overweight flyers to purchase one seat and get another seat complimentary. Um, what? I mean, it's an interesting. I want a seat free. I have tall, long legs. I want an extra seat for being skinny and healthy. How about that? <laughs> uh, what actually, are these that, incentives? Yeah, that'd be a much that'd be a much healthier incentive. I'll grant you that. Uh, it's an interesting marketing tactic because what it tells me is that Southwest is saying. There's a huge population of extraordinarily fat people that we're going to try and get on our on our flights. But it's like, OK, but if you do that and you, you have nothing but fat people that are taking up two seats, that means that you have half the customer, half the paying customers that aren't paying double anymore. So you end up cutting your revenue in half. This seems like a, a, a bad business plan, to put it mildly. Maybe they're thinking that they can charge more for food. on the flight. <laughs> I don't know. This seems stupid. Oh. <laughs> Look, I got this brilliant idea, boss. We're, <laughs> we're, we're going to get these fat motherfuckers on the plane. We're going to give them a free seat so that they can fit. But they're also three to four times. They eat three to four times as much as your average customer. So we're going to make it all up on the back end. Uh, brilliant, Harry. You figured it out. Um, all right. <laughs> I, I did want to cover um, this Krasenstein post. Uh, this is... Jerome Powell, our federal chairman. Sorry, I got to share it. One second. Here we go. Um, So Ed Krasenstein covers it by saying, this is exactly what I've been trying to say for the past year and a half. The main cause of inflation has nothing to do with Joe Biden. The inflation that we saw in 2022 and 2023 is mostly caused by the supply shock we saw due to COVID and the workforce shortage that we endured due to to COVID. No, that was because of lockdowns, not COVID. Uh, When supply is out low and demand jumps due to COVID uh, subsiding, prices have nowhere to go but up. God, Ed Crest has seen such a fucking economic illiterate. Uh, Today, Federal Reserve Chairman Powell confirmed this. Don't believe me. Listen for yourself. And let's play it. From the the horse's mouth, from Satan's mouth himself. This inflation was not the classic demand overload, pot boiling over kind of inflation that we think about. It was a combination of very strong demand, without question, and unusual supply side restrictions, both on the goods side but also on the labor side, because we had a, we had a participation shock. So this is just very unusual. And you know, we had the view, my colleagues and I broadly had the view, that we could get a lot of, you know, we had a, essentially a vertical supply curve because you, you ran into the limits of, of capacity at very low levels because there weren't workers and because people couldn't, the, the supply chains were all broken. So we, we had the view that you could come straight down that vertical supply curve to the extent demand lowered, reduced. And, you know, something like that has happened. It happened so far. The question is, you know, it, it, once, once that part of it runs out, and we think it has a ways to run, we definitely think that the, that the, um, uh, the sort of supply chain and shortages side has it, 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 some some ways to run. Look, 
uh, I'll, I'll handle this one because I'm more the economics guy here. Um, yeah, that's that's utter nonsense to to try and and write off Biden's uh, participation in this. I think that the 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 less partisan note to make is that this began under Donald Trump, and it's a bipartisan issue that you have members of Congress and the Senate and the presidency, and it doesn't matter which party we're talking about, that are all economic illiterates. And if you if you shut down the economy, yes, that drives down supply of goods. But if you print trillions of dollars, that also increases the supply and ultimately the demand for those goods, which creates an inflationary spiral, which we are still languishing under today. The fact that these fucking idiots described it as a temporary inflation spike, or they tried to justify it by saying it's the Putin price hike. They're fucking liars. They're frauds. They are debasing your currency. They're debasing your life savings and your hard-earned uh, you know, wealth. And they don't seem to have any uh, real concerns for the damage done to people, not to mention the fact that the lockdowns were completely unscientific and unjustified, not to mention the fact that COVID was fucking created in a lab funded by Anthony Fauci, who was then put in charge of, of you know, alleviating the, the issues caused by his global pandemic. And yet he goes before Congress, he purges himself, doesn't even face uh, any consequences whatsoever. The, everybody is a participant. This is the whole reason that I said that Hunter Biden was calling their bluff. He wants to go up there and testify in an open hearing so he can say, yeah, 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 I'm guilty. But guess what? So are all of you motherfuckers. And I think that's the reality. Any thoughts? I know. Sorry, that was a rant. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think the current economic situation goes back to just the the rotten evil of fiat money to begin with. And the Preach. fact that, that Bitcoin we... Bitcoin maxi. I like it. 100%, baby. <laughs> if, uh, if you can just print money out of thin air, things are not going to work in the favor of the majority of the people. So... Uh, yeah, COVID was a perfect example of how fiat money uh, can just manipulate and, de and be debased. So, yeah, I think most people are waking up to that, hopefully, because it's it's going to be a painful reality. I hope so, man. I mean, Bitcoin's over 40K again. Uh, in fiat terms, I, I try not to even talk about it in that way, because I, I think that ultimately we will start to, to view things in Bitcoin terms as opposed to U.S. dollar terms. But for those that are still in the fiat mindset, then, you know, Putting that price tag out there so they, they understand what the demand there is uh, makes a lot of sense. You see the, the bull run that's happening in gold, silver, you know, precious metals, commodities, things of that nature. Um, I think that we are dealing with a, a lot of inflationary pressure because of that catastrophic decision in 2020 led by Donald Trump, not, not giving him a, a free pass here at all. Um, but it just doesn't seem as if, you know, even though people are starting to adopt uh, alternative currencies and things like that. It doesn't seem as if people broadly are as angry as they ought to be at the people that led them down this path. The fact that after the fall of the USSR, the United States of America was by far and away the most dominant economic powerhouse as far as, far as the, and, and also on top of that being the, the only really dominant, uh, you know, military on earth. And instead of, you know, defending the dollar and the purchasing power and defending our economy and competing like we should have. We went on 30 years of military adventurism toppling, you know, a half a dozen uh, Muslim nations and have ultimately now, you know, threatened war against China and Russia. And, and we're sitting on $34 trillion of debt as of, you know, next January or as of this January coming up. It's just, it's just mismanagement on a scale that that verges, uh, not verges, far surpasses the line of criminality as far as I'm concerned. And um, do you do you think that there's a, 
you know, the people in America, I'm sure they understand when they go to the grocery store and they go, oh man, everything's really fucking expensive. This sucks. But do they actually understand what's happening? I would think they have to. Uh, But I also think that where we're at right now with the age of social media, I think that we've got a majority of the population very entertained and not really paying attention to what's happening. I think we're kind of shifting into this weird uh like psychology as a whole with social media where i think people are more narcissistic than ever and they don't actually rely on community we don't really rely on community in the way that we used to and i think community is how we used to really get this type of information in the past and so just the the digital age has created this like psychological disruption for us biologically where we have this lack of intimacy and we feel more like uh almost like hedonistic in a way where we're like relying on ourselves to do things. We have this very weird view of uh, really just focusing on our own well-being. And um, I think that plays into it a little bit in terms of like people are just distracted and they only really care about themselves. Yeah. Um, The the age of narcissism. Yeah. Shuan had uh, shared this tweet uh, earlier this morning and it showed where people met their significant others uh, like on a, on a graph over time. And it was like in the 90s, it was like friends, family, church, work, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, like all of them were like that. And then they just went plummet. And all of the dating is now on the internet. Like that's where, that's where, and, and what it tells me, and this is the way she described it too, is that we are truly atomized. You know, like we, we, we barely even make contact with one another. And, and I, and as I say this, we're literally not in contact with one another. We're doing this through a, through a camera, through a screen, through the internet. And I, just so much of our life is that way. And I think that this is once again, kind of the, the deleterious side effects of technological improvements. Like, yeah, you come up with all these technological improvements, which makes it so much easier to produce food, but then the quality of it declines. Well, the same thing with dating, right? We, we're now able to reach and, and communicate with so many people all over the world and, and potentially date them or, or you know, make them our life partner. But yet we're, we're the, like the quality of it seems to be declining. Do you guys think that that's correlated to or no? Definitely. I think that it seems like most people are very numb to like the human experience, human interaction. Uh, that graph is ridiculous, by the way. Um, yeah. I mean, look at that. Look at that online spike. It just replaced everything. It replaced everything. Yeah. That's a massive social experiment. You know, like there's so, there's so much to be gained from in-person interactions. I, I feel like the, the past few years, I've noticed people being less good at being social in person. Uh, just not really knowing how to strike up a conversation, introduce yourself, make eye contact, things that are pretty used to be pretty basic are now just pretty yeah. foreign to people. It seems we're, like we're I, all shut-ins and autists at this point. Yeah, Sorry, Steph, you were, <laughs> Steph, I was you were just going to say, I feel like it's important to remember balance. I feel like it's important not to just say like, I used to be like this Luddite. I used to be like, technologies is bad and transhumanism and, everything's going to be horrible. We can't have technology. And then I started realizing like, no, like that's just a one extreme perspective. That's very resistant to change and to the flow of what's happening here. Like we need to embrace where we're at, but we need to be mindful of our, of what the consequences are for our actions with the technology. So 
how can we do this personally, um, each individually? We do it through balance. We balance. We use technology and leverage those things to be able to connect with others, to grow an audience, to grow a community centered on the same things where we can then meet in person. And like Luke does these meetups all the time and we're able to meet with people from all over that share common interest and that want to connect and meet each other through the meetups, for example. So I don't think that we need to like crucify the online sphere, even though I did have that feeling when I was in college. Um, but I do feel that now we just need to learn how to use these tools as tools and not not abuse them. Oh, yeah. I, I agree with that. But the, the issue is that the technology is improving at such a rapid rate compared to how our minds, you know, reformulate Adapt themselves. To you it. know, like we we're just not adapting nearly as quickly as the technology is in, is increasing. And, um, you know, to your point about the meetup. So, you know, I, I get invited to be you know keynote speaker at a bunch of libertarian events and I, I go all over the country doing that. And, you know, I don't do it for financial gain because they don't pay that much because <laughs> it's, a, you know, it's a small third party. Um, I do it because I want to see my audience in person. You know, I want to actually shake their hands and hug them and talk to them. And um, it just, it, la it, it adds a level of co connectivity that I, I totally lack, even though I can get, you know, a hundred DMs per day on Twitter or, or reply, you know, thousands of replies every day on Twitter. None of it feels real. You know, it's all, it's all very, um, you know, atomized as, as Shu described it. And, and when you actually get to meet these people and, and have that connection with your audience, it's like, all right, well now, now these people are real to me again. And I, I try and do that every couple months because when I don't, I realize that I'm like, I'm becoming disconnected. And I think that that's, you know, kind of what you were talking about with doing those meetups. Like it's, a, you really have to go out of your way though, because it's so, it's so easy. It's so convenient. I can just stay home all the time and still communicate to uh, millions of people per month. Like I don't have to leave my house, but if I don't, one, the quality of the show declines because I'm no longer connected to like the zeitgeist of the, the, the real world. Um, but also my mental health declines because I'm, I basically become a shut-in. So I don't know. Food for thought. Yeah, there's also digital detoxes, which are great. Have you ever tried a digital detox? <laughs> I feel like I'd go through withdrawals if I did that for too long. No way. <laughs> it's the best, though. <laughs> oh, I'm sure, I'm sure it is. But it's like when it becomes your job, it's, uh, it's tough. But yeah, I, I do try and take a day off per week where I really don't do much on the Internet at all. What about you, Harry? Yeah, it's good for you. I, I try to, too, but I'm pretty stuck on having to be online, plugged in for most days. I try to take as much time away from the computer as possible on Sunday, computer and phone on Sundays. But it's tough. I mean, yeah. especially when your business is online for the most part. Yeah, for sure. Well, Harry, uh, I really appreciate your time, man. Go ahead and tell tell our audience where they can follow you. Yeah, uh, on X, at Meat Mafia Harry. And then uh, Instagram, we are the Meat Mafia Media and you can find our podcast, the Meat Mafia podcast, on all streaming platforms. So Spotify, Apple Podcast, or Apple Music, uh, anywhere else that you guys like to stream podcasts. So I don't know. If, I don't know if Luke ever. I don't know if Luke ever clarified with you. Is Meat Mafia? Are you guys like carnivore diet advocacy, or what is it focused on? Yeah. So we started the show talking really about uh, animal based diet. So my co-host Brett, who uh, he, he and I had both done the carnivore diet on and off using it as a tool. And he healed a lot of his gut, gut issues with a carnivore diet It's a great example of just the power of an elimination diet and prioritizing nutrient dense foods. And just like the benefit of lowering inflammation through eating 
foods that are really good for you. Um, so we're proponents of the carnivore diet as a tool. Uh, really just like to talk about eliminating processed foods and eating nutrient dense foods for the most part, just for, for most people, just trying to be practical and pragmatic. But, you know, the way we live our lives, we're animal based, try to eat mostly meat and, uh, you know, just healthy uh, fruits and some honey and, you know, keep it pretty simple. Um, but realize, you know, that's not all that accessible for everyone. So our, our big message is just eat real foods, eliminate processed foods and uh, focus on the diet and lifestyle changes that really move the needle. Yeah. I think that when people do that, they realize they don't actually have to starve themselves to keep their weight under control. You can eat to full satiation, but you just have to eat real food. And then you'll realize that the, the pounds will start to fall off as the infl inflammation declines. I, I did a keto diet for years and years and gotten the best shape of my life doing so along with beach volleyball. So I think, I think that that's, that's the real lesson. Like you don't have to starve to get in shape. You just have to make sure you're actually consuming real food. Um, Obviously, you can't eat whatever you want, but you have to make sure that it's real. And that's a good step in the right direction. Steph, go ahead and tell people where they can follow you. I just came off of a digital detox for the last few years of my life. But now I made this Instagram <laughs> called Steph We Are Change, where you can follow me and ask me questions. DM me. Say whatever you want. You want to hear something? You want to know more? Just write me. And then I have X now. I'm learning how to use it at Steph WRC. Thank you. I think that was a huge mistake telling our audience that they can send you whatever they want. So prepare yourself for that. Uh, this is at Liberty Lockpot on X, Liberty Lockdown on Instagram, Liberty Lockdown's the show on Rumble and YouTube. Uh, I had a, a litany of great guests over the past couple months. Make sure you guys do subscribe, especially since you're on Rumble. I would really appreciate it because I am currently suspended from YouTube because I had on the QAnon shaman and he gave me a guided meditation and we talked about peace and love and unity and they said that I was advocating for violence, which is fucking completely counter to what we were doing that entire interview it's infuriating <laughs> fuck youtube forever god bless rumble god bless them for giving us an exclusive contract and make sure you hit the subscription button here because we're at seventy-one thousand on our way to 100 and when we get to 100 we get a trophy and then i'm gonna fucking put it up in the background it's gonna be so glorious and i really appreciate you guys make sure you hit the like button leave a comment share it with your friends we will catch you next week we're out peace